Work all day has got me sick, I'm tired of all the politics Only one thing does the trick, time for broken shtick Part hockey, part comedy, you get all of your kicks for free There's only one place to be, here on Broken Shtick The world is changing, don't you blink, outside and inside the rink Go and pour yourself a drink, it's even later than you think Just played you a trick And you feel like a lunatic Grab a puck and a stick real quick It's time for broken shtick It's time for broken shtick It's time for broken shtick Guys, welcome to Broken Shtick uh, I am your host, Brett Hiker I am here, as always, with my trusty producer, John Rosenberger Who just told me before we started recording That he has a hell of a story about a poster And we're going to yeah. open with that <laughs> right. what's, what's this poster story? Well, so I have a poster in my living room <clears throat> of, uh, it's one of the original release uh, posters from Sudden Death, which yeah, is... Best, uh, best Picture Winner, Sudden Death. Best Picture Winner, Sudden Death, uh, swept all the Academy Awards, including... Uh, best, uh, best, best Adapted Screenplay? Yeah, best yeah. Adapted Screenplay, somehow Best I, Animated I, Feature. I remember being a, a, a literature major and everyone would always say, I'll never be able to adapt the book Sudden Death. It's just too good. <laughs> was, it, was it Hemingway who wrote that? Was it, it was Faulkner. Faulkner wrote Sudden Death. Faulkner wrote Sudden Death. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, yeah. And then, bam, Jean-Claude Van Damme comes along and the movie mm -hmm. comes alive. <laughs> um, I, uh, I'm just trying not to get off on too many tangents because my brain is just firing. Because <laughs> I was... So here's a quick tangent, uh, and then I'll get to this other tangent that we started the podcast on. Um, All right. I was, I'm part of this, um, my, my COVID pod, for lack of a better term, uh, was uh, me, Courtney McGinnis, and Casey James Salengo. Okay. And we would watch football together every Sunday. And then once football season stopped, uh, we were like, we need, uh, we need to make up some other reason for us to get together out on Sundays. So we started like a movie watching club. <laughs> okay. And we were gonna watch. Uh, we were, the plan was that we were gonna try to watch all of the Oscar nominated movies before the Oscars. Uh, but the first week, uh, we immediately deviated from that plan and instead watched *The Long Kiss Goodnight*. Okay, I like and that. And then we watched Sneakers. Have you seen Sneakers? I've never seen Sneakers. Very good movie. Also, not exactly Oscar-worthy, but a lot of fun. Yeah. And most recently, we wanted to watch... Um, we wanted to watch Spice World, but it's not available <laughs> streaming anywhere in the United States. Oh, really? Yeah, like you can't even buy it on Amazon to stream or anything like that. I think so, I own it. I think so I own it. So I was like iTunes. flipping around different places and like all the DVD copies I found were like 50, 60 bucks. Yeah. And then I thought I found this really great deal, which was only five ninety nine. So I was like, yeah, hell yeah, I'm going to order this. And it showed up. And what I actually ordered was the novelization of Spice World. <laughs> oh that's fantastic so i just carry i love to just sit on the subway 
and read the book <laughs> of Spice World. I think it's the funniest thing. Absolutely. <laughs> Especially someone that looks like you. Just fucking. Yeah, exactly. There's a there's a Denver comic named Nate Balding who's like a hardcore metalhead, mm -hmm. and, and he and he looks like a metalhead, like wears a le leather jacket and whatnot. And he is a huge Spice World fan, uh, loves the movie. Oh yeah, uh, it's always ta always talking it up as one of those great bad movies, and that's uh, the same deal. <laughs> <laughs> Hearing him talk about it is it has to be like like you know thirty percent of what it's like to see you reading the novelization on a subway, which. <laughs> Do you see people uh, sneaking pictures of you? <laughs> no, I haven't yet. I'm surprised every time because I'm like, somebody has to want a picture of this. Somebody's got to. Maybe you're just not noticing because the, novel, the novelization is just so good. Maybe, maybe they also love it that much that they're like, yeah. I would also That's read the novel of it. We, we we should start a business of just like book covers of just you know like you can read whatever book you want in the subway, but we'll make covers that just make it sound like you're reading something insane. Mm -hmm. <laughs> like the novelization of Spice World <laughs> or vice versa where like you can put like leaves of grass as the cover of uh, whatever smut novel you're going to read you know yeah that too yeah absolutely <laughs> we can we can do this <laughs> um so anyway uh so I have like I said I have a poster of uh literary classic sudden death on my wall and part of my job my day job is that i uh i have to do like a little spiel at the beginning of every admissions interview we do online all right uh to explain how like their the writing sample portion of their application will work and 99 percent of the time i'm in my bedroom which just has like the, the new york city flag on the wall yeah. But today I was doing interviews in uh, in my living room, and this one guy, when I was like, uh, do we have any questions? This one guy raised his hand, and I was like, oh, sure, you know, what's your question? He's like, is Sudden Death just your favorite Jean-Claude Van Damme movie or your favorite movie? <laughs> I was like, ah, oh, that's a good one, buddy. I don't know that's going to help you at all here. <laughs> I have nothing to do with the rest of this process, but I appreciated it. Did, was your answer yes? You know, my answer was favorite movie. Fuck yeah. Legit number one with a bullet. Yeah. And of course. A bullet in, intended for the vice president, but intercepted. <laughs> that's right. <laughs> <laughs> oh, man. Uh, when, a, when a powers boost bullets. Oh, yeah. You're, you're, of your top 10, two through 10, I mean, like seven of those are also Van Damme movies, right? No. What? You're telling me that uh, Time Cop and Double Team are not up there? Uh, you know what is up there is Double Impact. Oh, yeah, I've never seen Double Impact. Is it where, where, where he, he like plays a, twins? He does that a couple times. He did one in, uh, God, what was the one with Natasha Kinski? Uh, it was like Maximum Effect or something. Mm -hmm. it, was, it was like one of his last theater ones, but it was the same deal where his twin got killed. It's, it's a much-used plot. His twin gets killed, and he has to fill in for his twin, and his twin is a, is a spy. And yeah. Yeah, that's, it's been done a, a million times. But, I uh, do did like... you ever watch the... 
Go ahead. Uh, I do like uh, Dragonheart you... a lot. I think that's a great movie. What, the, with Sean Connery? No. Is that oh, also Lionheart. called Dragon? Lionheart. No, yeah, yeah, Lionheart. Yeah. Lionheart. Yeah, yeah, yeah. 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 What did I say? Sean Dragon Connery's Heart? Dragonheart had actual dragons. Right. Uh, mm -hmm. <laughs> yeah. Um, did you ever watch this show? I think it was on Amazon called uh, Jean-Claude Van Johnson. Could have been Hulu. Yes. Yeah. Uh, I thought that was fantastic where just Jean-Claude played himself where <laughs> he's he even uh, and he plays himself. He is like a big, a big name actor or as famous as he is. But he also, uh, you know, is a secret agent by the name Jean-Claude Van Johnson. Mm -hmm. And is constantly bringing up the movie Time Cop. <laughs> <laughs> Did you ever no. see JCVD? No, I heard that's great though. Yeah, it's it's like the predecessor to Jean Claude Van Johnson, except yeah, he's not a secret agent. He's just what if uh, Jean Claude Van Damme was just a sad sack who happened to be in a bank while it was being robbed? Yeah. And he has to like try to remember the stuff that he's only done in movies and try to make it work in real life. It's on my, uh, it's it's on my my master list, JCVD for sure. Mm -hmm. But no, I've never. It's like it's like a Belgian movie, right? Mm -hmm. Oh, good. I'm getting we're getting phone calls now. Uh, <laughs> that's that's part of filming in uh, or, or recording in my parents' house. Is that uh, <laughs> the phone rings? Also, my mom used to read the news for the radio uh, when I was a little kid. And uh, I would always like try to get into whatever room she was doing it. And if I couldn't, I would pound on the door outside and throw a huge fit. So she just threatened to do the same to me while I record this podcast. <laughs> She's just like, remember when you were three and you used to ruin every time I tried to like <laughs> read the news on the, on the radio, uh, she used to lock herself in the bathroom because it was the only room in our house with a lock. Mm. She would read the news from the bathroom. So <laughs> we had a lot of echoey news in our hometown. <laughs> oh, man. Well, happy end of the season. Happy end of the regular season, Brett. Yes. Yeah, we were just talking about it before we started hitting record. Uh, uh, that John thought the season was over, and I was like, no, we, all, we got all the COVID makeup games, and there is a fair amount. Uh, I, don't I don't think we have any, though, the Rangers. No, you, guys, think... you guys might be done. Yes. Well, yeah, we're not... mathematically eliminated anyway, so I've stopped caring. <laughs> I mean, I'm kind of hoping some mathematically eliminated teams are going to help out the Avs because they're currently three points or two points. No, four points. Sorry. Four points behind Vegas with three games remaining and uh, and one point ahead of Minnesota. Uh, and uh, I think they, they play Vegas tonight and then Vegas plays San Jose. And I was like, hopefully that Vegas-San Jose rivalry is still strong enough that San Jose brings it their last game just for a matter of pride. We are the only team in our division that has uh, played all their games. You guys, I, I just scrolled through everything, and that might be part of it is that you guys have played all your games. But mm -hmm. uh, you guys are the highest-ranked team who's eliminated. The best yeah. team who's eliminated. We just missed the uh, – I made a bold prediction. Oh, well, no, we didn't just miss it. I was about to say we just missed the uh, – my prediction being right of the Rangers making the playoffs and the Islanders missing it. But uh, looking at the standings, uh, we missed it by a good 10 points. Yeah. So. <laughs> I mean, Islanders have been bad lately, but not that bad. Not, not bad right. enough for the Rangers to catch them. Well, we started off awful. And yeah. then we had the craziest season in, I think, the NHL. 
Well, that's kind of why uh, why I wanted to do this episode because of all the shit that just keeps happening with uh, with the Rangers. Uh, you guys, <laughs> you you really are one of the most entertaining teams in the NHL. Mm-hmm. Uh, starting with, what's your hot take on the Tom Wilson hit? Oh, it's bullshit, and uh, I'm furious about the lack of um, about the lack of discipline about it. You know? Yeah. Uh. I was very delighted to see the stat line, the box score on the game after that, though. Oh, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> the violence? Uh, yeah. That oh, was yeah. But, um, uh, yeah, no, I think Tom Wilson, you know, I think I think it was a dirty enough hit that he should have been suspended, even if he wasn't Tom Wilson. Yeah. But because he's Tom Wilson, like, for sure he should have been suspended because it's like, his MO at this point, and you're just reinforcing right. bad behavior. I mean, the way I looked at it, it was like it was like three things in a row that were almost suspendable. Mm-hmm. And when you do that three in a row, and then on top of it all, like it wasn't just like when he went back to the box, he didn't like you know take a deep breath and went, "Wow, that was crazy!" Like he he stood up and he flexed, and so it was like yeah. like the shit where he throws Panarin's like head onto the ice while, when his mm-hmm. helmet is off. You know, you could make a point being like he wasn't trying to slam his head into the ice. Uh, you know, he was just fucking wrestling with him. But then you see him go into the lock or go into the penalty box and flex, and you're like, nope, he did that on purpose. Yeah, that's, yeah. That's, that's what that says to me. <laughs> yeah. Mm-hmm. And I like I like Tom Wilson. I'm a Tom Wilson defender as he's one of my favorite type of players, which is the, the clearly the very worst player on the first line. Uh, <laughs> which, yes. Which is my mo uh, was my mo in high school. Uh, and I I like I like Tom Wilson, but I mean, yeah, I would to- I would have given him five games for this. If it would have stretched into the playoffs, I'd been like, okay, that's a bit much. Right. But uh, yeah, I would have given him five games and because it was Tom Wilson. And if a normal person did that, I'd probably give him one or two. Right. Exactly. Uh, that's my feeling about it. It's like, I, I felt like you, you could make the argument that any one of those things was not a suspendable offense. But like you said, to yeah. do three of them in one game and then to show zero remorse about it was it's just right. unreal. Right. Yeah, absolutely. <laughs> and it's Tom Wilson, too. And so it's one of those mm-hmm. deals where it's like you you can assume he did it on purpose. Yeah, it's just it's it's his M.O. Yeah. Uh, yeah, I absolutely felt that way. I, w- the joke I made was just. Uh, <laughs> was like, uh, well, apparently. Uh, 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 <laughs> apparently, Tom Wilson is also on Putin's payroll. <laughs> uh, <laughs> for getting Panera and then. The other one I made was after uh, the next game, which, you know, the Rangers just fought them the whole time, which they should have. I mean, that's that's what you got to do. And if, if Tom Wilson would have been suspended one game, that wouldn't have happened. Right. But instead, it was like a melee the next game. And, uh, so let me add. <laughs> and so, course, let, uh, go ahead. So, uh, so to piggyback off that, right, what do you think about the – fiasco surrounding the statement that the Rangers made afterwards. I mean, I think it's bullshit. <laughs> I think it's like, you should, you should be allowed to criticize the NHL on a play like that. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. I, I get that. Like calling for someone's job is a little kind of, uh, you know, maybe, maybe crossing the line when, when you call someone out by name and, and call for their job. Mm-hmm. But it, then the fine should have been the same as what Tom Wilson got. <laughs> you know what I mean? 
Yeah. The, the fact that they got fined like 50 times more. I think it was literally 50 times more than Tom Wilson for saying, what the fuck? Right. Uh, and and yeah. then, I mean, it depends on who you ask. And I mean, this is the tail end of an already banana season in New York. But depending on yeah. who you ask, that thing that statement also may have cost JD and Gorton their jobs. Oh, really? It was, was it them who made the statement? No, they didn't. They went the other direction and were like, you shouldn't have done this. And, uh, you know, there, there's two, there, there's two schools of thought. One school of thought is that it was straight up. Uh, James Dolan wasn't happy with how, quickly the rebuild was going. He wanted it to go faster. But the other school yeah. of thought is he was a little frustrated with that and then got angrier that uh, Davidson Gordon wouldn't uh, tow the company line and back up hit his like social media team. And because the, they were like, you shouldn't, they were saying what you were saying, which is like, listen, you can be frustrated, but you shouldn't call for people's jobs. You should like, and they tried to like back themselves off of the heat. And then he got uh, pissy about that and fired him. Right. Okay. I was I was going to ask you about what before before we get into the the the, the GM president debate. I want to real quick. You want to you want to hear the tweet that I chickened out on tweeting after that game? Sure, absolutely. Was, uh, I I shared it in, in our hockey group chat, our, our Colorado Avalanche group chat, but then I, I chickened out uh, otherwise. And the the, the tweet was. Uh, I can't wait to see what kind of fine Tom Wilson gets when they find out he killed TJ Oshie's dad. <laughs> uh, but I figured, eh, that's, that's a mean tweet. I feel bad for TJ Oshie. <laughs> He's mourning. <laughs> but, uh, yeah, going, so going back to the thing, the, 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 the GM presidential uh, thing is Colorado news because Chris Drury has been named the replacement. Yeah. And, uh, I think from what I've read, people are kind of shocked because, you know, the Rangers were in kind of like a well-publicized rebuild. Mm-hmm. And GMs who are kind of like in the process of a rebuild rarely get fired, you know, as long as they're still sticking to their sticking yeah. to the plan, trusting the process. And mm-hmm. you think it was because of this, of this tweet that they wouldn't get behind? I think that's part of it. You know, I also think James Dolan is just a pissy little baby. Uh, yeah, <laughs> I hope that doesn't get me banned from Madison Square Garden. Like, uh, I mean, it might. It might. It might. I mean, uh, comedian Jake Head is banned from Madison Square Garden because he uh, he tweeted that he would fight uh, James Dolan for the Knicks. Really? Yeah. And they they told me he was banned from Madison Square Garden. He was he was at the game. And this is, oh man, I love this story so much. Uh, he was at the game and he tweeted that. And then they were doing like a t-shirt toss and he ended up catching a t-shirt. Yeah. And then five minutes later, security came up to him and we're like, come with us. And he thought that like catching a t-shirt meant you won a prize. So he was like, yeah. sure, of course. And they like took him into the bowels of the garden. We're like, "Is this you?" And he was like, "Yeah." And they're like, "You're, you have to leave, and you're never allowed back." <laughs> For offering to fight James Dolan. Yeah, 
And the winner gets to keep the Knicks. <laughs> How'd they find him in the crowd from the tweet? Because he tweeted he, he he tweeted that and then he tweeted a picture from his seat, I think. Okay. All right. And they kind of like <laughs> triangulated it. Yeah. And he's a he's a relatively distinctive looking dude. So once you see his picture, it's not hard to pick out of a crowd. <laughs> My my nephew, when he was a, when he was a little kid, when he was three years old, uh, my brother brought him to this kind of divey bar that has breakfast. They have chicken fried steak, chicken fried steak and eggs, and he had no idea that this bar didn't allow kids. So he, he brought my nephew in there, and they were they were they had one of those uh, Red Bull like airplane competitions going on ESPN two, and the kid was really into it. Then the bartender showed up and was like, "You you, you have to leave, man. You can't have your kid here." And uh, my nephew did not handle it well and threw a huge fit. And my brother had to take him out of there. But it was great because whenever I went to go visit my nephew and he drove past this dive bar called the Cat's Paw, he would pull <clears> at it and go, I'm not allowed in the Cat's Paw anymore. <laughs> <laughs> That's great. <laughs> like he'd been 86 for something. But it's really funny that, uh, that Jake Head is 86 for Madison Square Garden. Mm-hmm. Uh, I don't know how you'd go about keeping someone out. They don't. Yeah, I don't think that. I think that's a relatively unenforceable thing. Yeah. Yeah, but I would love it. I mean, if, if Jake had, if, if you're listening and you want help with a disguise, I, I'll be happy to, to mm-hmm. chip in with some fucking wacky shit. Yeah. With some some horned rim glasses and uh, <laughs> some sort of a weave. Uh, we can have a lot of fun with that. Mm-hmm. Um, uh, so to go back to Chris Drury. Yeah. And to what a wild, weird season this has been. Chris Drury is also affiliated with one of the other craziest moments in uh this Ranger season. Which is? He was the second bench coach in that one game where our entire coaching staff got diagnosed with COVID and couldn't go. And then we uh, broke. And that's the game that we broke out of, like, our offensive slump. Oh, wait. Who coached you that, that game? Uh, the head coach of the head coach and the assistant coach of the Wolfpack, which is our AHL team. Yeah. The head coaches. And then Chris Drury was the second bench coach. Okay. <laughs> he came down from the front office. Came down coach. from the front office to coach and we won we won that game, I believe, nine nothing. <laughs> All right. Just like, oh, if we don't have any coaches, we play well. What? Yeah. Was that you guys beat Philly, right? Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah, the Flyers. That was part of the weekend <laughs> where we beat Philly a combined sixteen to two over two games. That was that was a fun weekend, and I don't hate the Flyers, but I I, I did like it. I, I didn't like rubbing it into my my Flyer friend's face, just like oh yeah. god, look at that nine goals, and that was like the moment. It was the tipping point for the Flyers, where it was like they went from a contender, mm-hmm. and like that was the tipping point. Like they started playing bad, and that happened, and everyone knew that their season was over. Yeah. Um, and so we were with, too too deep in a hole at that point, but that was the, kind of also the tipping point where we made a. Uh, started making our last gasp at playoff relevancy, you know? Yeah. Well, you guys came within 10 points. Mm-hmm. <laughs> well, not bad. Not bad not for bad. how you guys started. Yeah. Um, was Chris Drury kind of like a Joe Girardi situation? Was was there always talk of him stepping in for like for years leading up to this, or is it kind of a surprise move? As a coach or as a, in the front office? No, as front office, as a GM. Um. There was talk of him, but the talk has always been focused on Messier. Yeah. And I think that Messier didn't want the stink 
of coming in right after this highly questionable move on him. Yeah. So he, I think he passed almost immediately. And then Chris Shuri was like our second choice. Well, I, I heard a radio or I saw a quote from a radio interview with, with Mark Messier where he said he was, uh, he was standing by ready to do anything to help the team, but his phone's not ringing or yeah. something like that. Yeah. Who knows? Who knows? You know, it all, it all depends on which uh, local news radio station you listen to. Yeah. I mean, like Sackick is the, is the GM for Colorado, but Sackick was the assistant president and assistant GM for like five years leading up to it. And we all knew what, where it was going. You know what I mean? Like the guy who was the GM was, was very much on an interim status, just waiting for Sackick to officially take over. And I, I figured that'd be the, the Drury thing too, because Drury was, was alumni. Uh, did he have he was a long-term, he, he had all right years with the Rangers. Yeah, he's kind of getting, a, he's getting on an age around. He was time. getting on an age. He, him and Gomez came in at the same time. That's right. They had that. They had that coin flip for who got to be, uh, who got to wear their number because they both wore the same number. What? what they both wore eighteen or thirty-seven or eighteen. I think they both wore twenty-three, didn't they? Oh yeah, because he was with Buffalo before then, so yeah. he was wearing whatever that was. Mm-hmm. Okay, gotcha. Yeah, with the with the abs, he wore he wore thirty-seven, and then when they traded Adam Deadmarsh, he switched to eighteen. So he's all over the place with his number. All over think, the place. I think he was the captain of Team USA when he was with the Rangers. Mm-hmm. He was. Yeah. Yeah. And I think he was, he was like a fourth liner on, on Team USA. He, was, <laughs> he, he aged quickly. He, he had to retire mm-hmm. a little early. But uh, he was awesome. He, was, he, he may be my all-time favorite Av in that he was just like – the goals he scored were so clutch all the time. Yeah. Mm-hmm. He traded the, – the, the jury trade is, is like the first – avalanche trade that that kind of like backfired on us like up to that point we every trade we'd made had, had worked out in our favor and then the jury one was like we didn't everyone we got for him didn't didn't pan out and it's just like the jury went on to become you know the biggest free agent you know three who did later. you get for him we got Derek morris mm-hmm. the defender was was the big one and then i want to believe we got like jeff Chance. And another guy, we traded him to Calgary. He played on Calgary for a short while before going to Buffalo. Uh, but yeah, then we just, we just got two like fourth line forwards uh, who also didn't pan out. And then it was just, uh, <laughs> and I was like, all right, well, that was worth it. Uh, <laughs> but yeah, that sucked because he, he was fun to watch. He, he scored some amazing goals for the Avs. Mm-hmm. Like, was, was very, very fun. And he was the kind of guy who would, he, you know, he rarely scored more than like 25 goals in a season, but he would have... But they all counted big. Yeah. Exactly. You'd have a you'd have a dozen game winners in the playoffs too. He was really good, especially with the game winners. It was just like, how does he keep doing it? You know, he won rookie of the year with Colorado, and uh, and uh, because of the playoffs too, because he just kept scoring like these clutch goals. Um, what else did I want to talk about? Uh, all right. So the other thing I keep hearing about the Rangers is Adam Fox. Okay. And he, it, it sounded like he might be the favorite for uh, for the Norris. I mean, it wouldn't surprise I know, me. I don't know a lot about Adam Fox. Like, is, is he that good? He, you know, he's shown flashes of being that good for a couple years now. I think this is probably his third year on the team. 
like as a regular member of the team, um, yeah. as opposed to just like a call up from time to time. Um, yeah, because he's only 23 years old. Uh, but he uh, this year he really really stepped up his game. You know, he uh, let's see, I'm just looking at his stats to see. Uh, who, whoever maintains his Wikipedia page has not updated his statistics in three years. That is not helpful. <laughs> um, but yeah, man, in 55 games, he had 47 points. That's pretty impressive for a D lineman, you know, right. plus my uh, 20, uh, 20 plus minus, which is pretty good. Yeah, especially uh, on, a, on a losing team. On a yeah, on a team that, he, and he's also like a local boy. I didn't know that he, he was draft. Yeah, he's from Jericho, which is on Long Island. Okay. Here's something interesting. Uh, he drafted at 18 by Calgary, and then didn't make his debut until he was 21. But he had been I traded mean, to us by that point. That's kind of standard for a defender. I feel like a lot of them don't. Yeah, don't true. crack the NHL until they've played four years in the minors or college or juniors or whatever. Yeah, it seems like he was one of those guys that never even was on the team for Calgary. Yeah. Like he just played they, – they drafted his rights and then just never – he just never joined the team and then they traded his rights because he was played he... at Harvard. Okay. No shit, he's a Harvard boy. Mm-hmm. Uh, the Avalanche had a Harvard boy, a very famous uh, Steve Moore, who got uh, uh, handicapped by uh, yes. by Todd Bertuzzi. And uh, it came out many years later that uh, he was not very popular in the locker room, Steve Moore. Uh, they did not like a Harvard boy. They found him a little pretentious. Uh, it's, yeah, so he's part of uh, – he, his pairing was a lot of fun to watch because he was – Paired with this rookie named K. Andre Miller. Oh yeah, I've heard the name. Uh, and they were they were they just uh, paired together very nicely, you know. And uh, well, I think making a rookie look good has got to help your chances of winning the North. Yeah, making a rookie look good, like you said, having very impressive numbers for a a defenseman and b a defenseman on a losing team. Yeah, is pretty good to have such a. High plus minus when the team has a relatively lower plus minus. I think we had, I think the team, uh, I think when I was looking it up, like scored 177 goals and maybe gave up like 168. So, like, he okay. had like four times higher of a plus minus than the team did. But you guys were in the positive. Yeah, well, that's just because when our offense clicked, it clicked real hard, you know. Yeah, those, those so like those nine goal games against Philly really helped you. <laughs> yeah, on. like we 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 lose a lot of one goal games or overtime games and stuff like that, and then yeah. we win a lot of like five to one games or you know even the outlier nine zero, but a lot of our wins were like two to three goal deficits uh, going in our direction. And a lot of our losses were maybe like one goal losses. I get that. 
the the Avs had kind of a similar thing going, which uh, you know they rarely lost. I think I forget like they're they're like forty plus plus forty, but uh, yeah, they they would they would stomp teams when they beat them, and they would uh, when they lost, they usually barely lost. So mm-hmm. not like their number went down much. Um, yeah, no the the, the latest of the talk of uh, for Norris Trophy candidates, I hear they Victor Victor Hedman's name, uh, which I think is just because he's a popular name. Um, Adam Fox. Uh, I've heard three different players in Colorado thrown around, which is McCarr, Gerard, and Taze uh, as possible Calder candidates. Which is um, the fact that there's three of them. I feel like it doesn't happen. According to betting odds, the top five are Hedman is currently in the lead. Uh, then McCarr. Okay. Fox, Dowdy, and Petri. Petri for for Montreal. Jeff Petri, yeah. Yeah, okay. Um, yeah, that that checks out. Dowdy's having a pretty good season for an old man, so they're probably going to want to uh, <laughs> give him some credit, like they did. They they they, they gave uh, they gave Lidstrom a Norris when he was forty, and. Mm-hmm. It was little. It was literally like an award. He wasn't the best defenseman that year, but it was literally like an award for being, like in the top five, at age forty. They were like, "Okay, you, you win the Norris for doing this while you're so old, uh, for being almost good enough <laughs> at age 40. Um, all right. Yeah, and I mean, Hedman's the, the favorite. I mean, Makar really shouldn't be the favorite. He just missed too many games. Yeah, but he is really Hedman. Good. Hedman is like the prohibitive favorite too. Right. Oh, and don't but, get me wrong. It's like if I were to, if I were like starting a brand new team and was given like, you know, us free to draft anybody, they'd be who's your who's your first defender? I'd probably pick Victor Hedman. Mm-hmm. I'd be like, that's, he's probably the best defender in the league. But uh, I don't know. I've I've heard from other sources that he didn't have the most amazing season, and I haven't yeah. really been hearing buzz about his name. As far as being amazing, I I have heard right. buzz of just being winner for being popular um other thing i want to talk about i, I listened to tony d'angelo's podcast today did you uh, yeah uh nothing nothing too exciting i was hoping for some good crazy right-wing rants uh but uh nothing he uh he was just talking about he hasn't recorded an episode since january since and, he got uh, punched in the face maybe he deleted yeah i wonder if he deleted some episodes once uh, once everything started imploding on him uh, but yeah, the, I listened to the most recent episode, and all he was doing was uh, was talking shit about you know, whatever was going on with the, with the Philadelphia Eagles, and I'm just like, oh, I couldn't care less about what the Eagles are up to <laughs> four months ago. I really couldn't. It means very little to me. But he, he is a where's he from? Is he, is he from Jersey? Uh, I think he's also from Long Island. Is he from Long Island? I believe so. He is from. No, you're right. He's from New Jersey. Where in Jersey? Sewell. Sewell. Where? Where is that? It looks like it's in uh, Central New Jersey. There is no Central Jersey, according to all my Jersey friends. Oh, it's closer to. uh, It's closer to South Jersey. Okay, I would guess north. Um, <laughs> yeah, 
That's uh, no, the the North Jersey folk are a little better at hiding their uh, all rightiness. Yeah, I mean, yeah. it's what it, what's what's the latest on him? Has there been any talk of him? Since I think he's on Tampa Bay. Some I think technically he's on Tampa Bay. I don't know if he really uh, played. No, sorry, I got that backwards. He came from Tampa Bay. Oh, uh, but he uh, he's just languishing under contract that uh, I, I get, we tried to waive him, but nobody uh, nobody wants him, so he's still under our yeah. contract. Well, the, your AHL team wouldn't take him either, right? Yeah, <laughs> you got to you got to be quite an asshole to get to that level. He uh, he was he was put on. <laughs> He was put on the taxi squad, yeah. Uh, which is like, and then, uh, and then, like he said, like even the taxi squad was like, no, we don't want that guy around. I mean, so he's just not allowed allowed around anybody. <laughs> he does strike me as kind of like that classic East Coast asshole. Uh, he's got the he's got the accent for it too. Um, Tony D'Angelo, what a dick. He's the new Sean Avery. It, well, at least people wanted Sean Avery. Yeah, but it got to a point then, too, where, where no people just stopped wanting Avery on their team. It was just like... Yeah. Like, what, what, what was it when uh, when he said the weird... When he talked about sloppy seconds on camera in, in Dallas? Yeah, but then, he, then he, he got suspended, and then the Rangers immediately signed him. Yeah, but he didn't really play much for the Rangers then, right? Didn't he? Wasn't it the rest of his career like another like twenty games before he was totally done? I think he finished out the season. I just have very distinct memories of uh, having to explain to my mother why uh, the crowd was shouting "sloppy seconds" at uh... <laughs> <laughs> who it was. It wasn't Aginla, right? Who was it? No, it was uh, Fanouf. Dion Fanouf, yeah. Dion Fanouf. Uh... And it's it's really bad too because it's like I don't know if you've seen the interview, but like he's not being interviewed. Someone else is being interviewed, and he just keeps like interrupting, trying to get his word in. And finally, like the reporters are like, "Excuse me, I, I think Sean Avery has something to say." And then he's like, "Yeah, I just want to know how Dion Phaneuf likes my sloppy seconds." And it's <laughs> like, there's just like an awkward pause where everyone's just like, "Okay." <laughs> <laughs> it's not like you, you can tell. Yeah, he expected some like a different reaction. Like he wanted like some sort of like hype man to be like, "Oh shit, no, <laughs> you did it!" Yeah, but instead, it's just kind of like everyone just kind of looks at him. He's wearing like a fur coat at the moment. But the after he gets suspended again, they they're interviewing the Dallas players in the locker room. I think Brendan Morrow just goes, "The show goes on." <laughs> <laughs> yeah, because I think after that year he went and like worked for Vogue magazine or somebody for yeah. a while. Yeah. And like that so that's how our season started was with uh our players brawling with each other in the locker room. <laughs> right. And then a player he just signed getting waved and no one wants him. Not not because he's not good. Yeah. He's such a dick. Well he he had been on the team for two years at that point. This yeah. is bad. He's not. He, he wasn't good enough to be that much of a pain in the ass, you know. But didn't he? Wasn't wasn't he quarterback in the power play? 
No. No. Okay. Uh huh. I thought he was like an like he was like an, your offensive defenseman stud. No, uh, he's been universally uh, Rangers fans. One of my biggest problems with Rangers fans is uh, we are extremely tolerant of people's bullshit. You know. <laughs> okay. And very early on, people were like, "No, fuck Tony D'Angelo." So like he he couldn't have been he wasn't so strong that we uh we needed him you know he he you know when he stepped up and people liked him was uh, when Shattenkirk went down with the injury uh, like that was his first year and okay. then he uh he had a pretty good twenty I think Shattenkirk went down in twenty eighteen. Uh, so, and then uh, he had a, then D'Angelo had a pretty decent 2018, 2019. And then in, uh, after that, he had like one or two big games that like made, made, put him like in the Rangers record books. Like, I think he may have beaten uh, Leach's record for most points in a single game. Uh, oh, really? But, but he didn't have, uh, he didn't have a great season in general. Gotcha. Right. Yeah, it says here that yeah he beat uh, he had uh, three goals and two assists uh, in one game, and that uh, beat yeah Leach's record that he set twice. What what's the most goals he got in a season? Did Fifteen. He Fifteen. That's mm-hmm. dude. That's pretty big numbers for a defenseman. Yeah, that's true. I mean, but um, that that was in the that was in the coronavirus year. So who knows what he would have done if we that played a full season? Oh no shit! Yeah, that is. Mm-hmm. Wonder he got that contract. <laughs> yeah, what a now that I'm looking at it, what a fucking huge contract for a guy who played three games following that contract. <laughs> <laughs> then he's making three point two million dollars a game. Put on IR with an incurable case of assholism. Mm-hmm. Uh, <laughs> we tried everything. There's no surgeons that can fix this. I don't know. Uh, all right. Um, do you have any more Rangers hot takes to drop? I feel like I'm at a stuff. Um, what was it? Was one more? Th- oh no, we covered the. Uh, we covered <laughs> we covered the COVID games already. The fact that. Uh, yeah. Our coaching staff was so bad that we played better without them. Uh, but we'll, you know, we'll see. You, uh, maybe Tony. D- wouldn't wouldn't it be wonderful if we found out that Tony D'Angelo stormed the Capitol? Dude, I. <laughs> yes, you're right. You know what? As as much as I hate to say it, like, I would. I would get pleasure out of finding out that out and being like, what? Yeah. No way. Uh, exactly. I as I read it. Um, <laughs> exactly. I would absolutely get pleasure out of that. I don't know what that says about me, but mm-hmm. <laughs> I mean, it was one of those deals where like when all those, like when he was, when he was first got kicked off the team, all these rumors started coming out about him and none of them were confirmed, of course, because who's going to confirm those things. But one of them was that he like, it wasn't uh, the goal he fought. Who's what Gregoriev? 
How do you say uh, No, he uh, he tried. Yeah, he tried to tried to fight Georgiev. Georgiev, uh, but there was a rumor that he, when Shesterkin got his first shutout, that, that uh, D'Angelo stole the puck and wouldn't give it to him. Really? I yeah. That that sounds regrettably true. Yeah, yeah. I mean, but it could be one of those deals where, like, you know, it's like a common prank they pull on like rookies when they get their first goal or something. Like that, the players hide the puck, mm-hmm. like that. It could just be a story like that. But uh, <laughs> that's a next level of assholeism if you keep the puck just because it's sentimental to someone else. <laughs> just like, like, oh, yeah, this means nothing to me, but I know it means a lot to someone else. So that'll give me pleasure. Um, yeah, but that's, you know, that's our chaotic season in a nutshell. All right. Well, that's, you know what? Listen, you guys have done a good job of having enough chaos in one season. To, uh, to fill a whole podcast episode. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> yeah. Let's uh, let's talk some more comedy now that. Uh, okay. Because we, we kind of jumped right into hockey with the uh, with the sudden death poster. Right, uh, right, right. Yeah. Uh, what have you been doing comedy wise lately? Um, just going to shows. You know. Yeah. Uh, I'm not the best at asking for shows, so I just go and hang yeah, out. Neither, neither am I. I and uh. I've been thrown up a couple times and done all right, but uh, you know my I my first book show back didn't go great because uh, I thought about it too much, for lack of a better term. Yeah, and I was like, I can only do stuff that I know works because I have to build confidence for the return, and then everything yeah. felt robotic. Yeah, no, I I went through that same thing. And also, your first show back should suck. Fucking mm-hmm. Chappelle, Mulaney, and Bill Burr all bombed SNL. <laughs> yeah, that's true. <laughs> you don't recall correctly, yeah. Yeah, so and, uh, yeah, I feel like... It was in this was weird that? basement. Yeah. Uh, it's hosted by Kevin Casey White, who's very nice and funny comedian, but also what? this guy, Luke, who is uh, a... For, he's a wild card, for lack of uh, a better term. Is this Wacky Shack? No, it's uh, Twin Bed. Wacky Shack okay. is on Wednesdays. Twin Bed is on Thursdays. He started this show with this dude while Kevin and Mara were still in Kansas. Gotcha. And uh, the, the guy, uh, this Luke dude, is not a comedian, but very much wants to be. Okay. And uh, he he they were they were doing a thing where they're rotating hosting, and he would like he just like always feels like he has to have a gimmick of some sort. So like, <laughs> right. he was giving away like boxes of matzah because it was like right after pot, Passover, and then he uh, called me by the wrong name, uh, and then. Wait, how do you uh, botch your name? Uh, he, he gave me Ben Roethlisberger's last name. Okay, John Roethlisberger. Mm-hmm. <laughs> All right. And then uh, something weird happened with the lights, and I was just like, "Oh boy!" So I just it didn't feel like a great. But then yeah. I've been able to go up at some places uh, on some shows that I. Uh, really like and respect i got to do a set at littlefield which was a lot of fun you know 
and I've just yeah. I've been slowly readjusting, but I need to get better, especially at this point where everybody's like coming out of the ground like little fucking hatchlings all of a sudden, and every like I have to get better at asking for things. I think it's just right. I, mean, I also have to get a tape. That's the part of uh, of the shit that I really like. That I didn't like that. That I was kind of like so glad about when COVID hit and we had to stop. I was just like, I am so glad I can stop asking people for spots. <laughs> that is my least favorite part of comedy. It's just like, I, I was making a point of like you know reaching out, not exactly asking a person for a spot, but at least trying to get, uh, uh, you know, or just doing some sort of like effort towards getting on a show, trying to do two a day. Uh, yeah, when leading up to COVID, and it was, uh, you know, <laughs> it was killing me because I hated it. Like, if, it's very simple, you know. You send someone three sentences, but like wording it just right, you're like, oh god, just this. It it takes a lot of effort. It takes it takes you like a solid like forty minutes to write each one. Just like, is this does this sound desperate? Does this sound okay? And I don't want to make it sound like this person owes me because I gave them time. And, right. God, uh, Jesus. Um, and I even hate like asking to like get into shows unless it's like a show where like I know the people but like I there mean, was there was a show that I wanted to check out over the weekend and I was like I I was like I should just DM this dude and just ask if comics can hang out or if you have to buy a ticket or whatever that was so yeah. inside my head about even that and then I was ultimately right because he was like oh we don't really let comics hang out and then the next thing I saw was uh a bunch of, uh, of of the new blood comics who are like, yeah, you gotta come hang out for this show. I'm like, fuck, man. <laughs> I mean, like, you guys all started comedy over the pandemic, and you have no idea <laughs> who, who I am. But I'm a good person to have on your side. Yeah, no, I'm kind of I'm kind of terrified of the new comics, especially with some of yeah. those arguments they had. Like, oh, all these fucking. Coward, you took a year off, going to come out of the woodwork now? And we're like, yes, we yes. are, because we were supposed to take a year off. You know who told us that? Science. Right. Yeah. Yeah, no, I'm, I'm, I'm a, I don't want to, like, get in these beefs, and I don't want to, like, compete with for stage time with people that, <laughs> that, that just started up. But they're, they're running a lot of stuff, so it feels like we got to, like, make peace. Yep, make peace exactly. With, uh, so I, I guess I'll cross that, that road when I get to it. Um. Yeah, no, I was. Uh, what was what was the story I was thinking about? Oh, uh, you want to hear my stand-up ghost story for the week? Sure, I'd love to. Which was just uh, this just happened <laughs> within the last month, uh, and it's not much of a story. It's pretty short, but it was just uh, I was I was doing Daniel uh, Paraffin's show on uh, on Sundays at the Bridge and Tunnel Brewery, which you should check that one out. That's you've been there. Yeah, I was there. Uh, I was, yeah, I was there. there. Yeah, you, yeah, you gave me edibles. I remember. I did give you edibles. Uh, <laughs> thanks, man. Um, but yeah, like I, I was there and he's like, he's like, can you host? And, uh, he'd asked me to host the week before too. And I was like, yeah, okay, I'll host. And I wasn't excited about hosting like two weeks in a row, but he needed someone to do it. And I did it. And I went up there and just like, you know, I tried to prepare him for an ambush and it was a total ambush. Mm -hmm. And then on top of that, there was like a table, uh, right up front that would, it was, it was the United Nations. There's a bunch of young girls and they were all from a different country. Mm -hmm. And, uh, you know, foreign audiences don't, they don't do comedy real well. Typically you get, you get those LOL crowds, those Times Square crowds. And they weren't, you know, they were in deep Bushwicks. So they weren't a Times Square crowd, but they were still like 
not really understanding Western humor. Right. I get up there and I like really tried to like get them. <laughs> and uh, yeah, and I didn't, I didn't get them to the point that I think I ended my set with, hey, you guys ready for your first real comic? Cause, cause I know. I am. <laughs> and uh, you know, and put the first comic on there. And then I got off stage and I went over to Dan and I was like, Hey, uh, yesterday I had to give up my, my foster dogs. I've had them for 10 weeks. I'm super attached to them and I had to give them away. And it was one of the hardest things I've ever had to do. But it was easier than that set. That's for damn sure. <laughs> Dan thought it was so funny. He made me go around and tell all the other comics. He's like, no, tell me, tell me what you just said. Tell me what you just said to me. <laughs> uh, but yeah, that's that's my story. <laughs> yeah, I'm trying to think of... Let's see. What is a good stand-up ghost story that I haven't told yet? Because that's the, that's the downside of being on this podcast with you every week. The only real downside of it is yeah, that you don't, I've, you don't have to do I've exhausted because uh, uh, I was like, oh, I should tell the story about, and then I was like, oh, no, I told that when we had Chris on. Uh, <laughs> I mean, I have, a, I have a list and I'm I try to check it off when I tell one of the stories, but I, I definitely haven't checked them all, so I'm going to wind up telling uh, you know, retelling a story eventually. So let me know. What oh, I, do I have, I have one. I have one. Um, Excellent. So there is, there's this show at that former guest of the pod, Chris Castelli runs at Nears Tavern. Oh yeah. Where they filmed uh, Goodfellas. Where they filmed Goodfellas and Tower Heist. And Tower oh. Heist. I, I, I think I, I, my opener when I, when I performed there was like, this is amazing. Goodfellas and Goodfellas and Tower Heist because two of my top three favorite movies is Tower Heist. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> um, go ahead. He was he was uh, for whatever whenever National Women's Month or International Women's Month was. Yeah. Uh, he was like on Twitter. He was like, "Hey." Suggest some uh, female comics that I should book for International Women's Month, you know? Yeah. And everybody was suggesting, uh, and he was like, yeah, the the top few, the ones that get the most likes, you know, which also is a pretty crappy way to book a show, but whatever. Uh, Yeah. It's like the ones that get the most faves on Twitter, you know, I'll book them. So, like, everybody's, like, listing this person and that person, their friends and all that. And then Carmen yeah. Lagala just wrote John Rosenberger in a wig. <laughs> and I won. <laughs> I love it. But uh, he was like, I can't do that. You know, it's yeah. got to be. All... But then he booked me for the next month. Uh, okay. And it turned out that uh, Carmen was booked for the women's show with ended up having to go out of town so she also got booked on this show i was at and yeah. she she brought me a wig to wear <laughs> what are the wigs was, she wears in her sketches uh yeah it's like oh uh, it, it's like with long pigtails in the back or yeah uh, okay and uh i tried wearing it and it was during the nfl draft so already the crowd wasn't very interested in seeing comedy 
And then they really weren't interested in this dumb inside joke that the three of us were enjoying. And also those lights, I wore I tried to wear it the whole set, but the lights are so fucking bright up there. Yeah. That I was just like pouring sweat. And I was like, I have to take this off. (laughs) And then I tried explaining it to, uh, to the crowd and they just didn't care. And I was like, this this, this is dumb. I oh, I have to write down the one, the other one I thought of because uh, I'm going to save that for another episode. But oh yeah, save o- it. The only club gig I've ever done. I did it. So my 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 all women's show story was that I was uh, I was helping produce a show for the the She Devil Comedy Fest at Broadway, and uh, it came time for check drop, mm-hmm. uh, and the headliner was up there. And someone at Broadway was like, "Hey, our mach- our receipt machine, just whatever it malfunctioned, or whatever. Like we need we need to fix it, and we need to stretch the show." But there was no more females on the show, and so uh, one of the other producers of the show, they're like, "Hey, will you go up and do a set?" And I was like, "Sure." And so I went up after the headliner, and it had been it had been a terrible show. Like the audience was terrible. Like there was there was very good comics on the show, and they all fucking struggled. And uh, sometimes when there's when there's a really really bad audience, they just randomly pick one comic they really like. Mm-hmm. And I went up there very last. And my opener was like I went up there to have an all female comedy fest, and I went up there, and my opener was I know what you guys are all thinking. She's the prettiest one yet. <laughs> and, which I mean is a mediocre line, but it crushed so hard. And then I just went into my like my normal bits, and like everything was hitting. I mean. Everything was hitting at like C plus for an audience that was giving everyone like D minus energy. Mm-hmm. So like I ended up, I think I, I may have had the best set of the night. And then I got off stage and just had to walk like past all the girls who were on the fest. Just, and they're all folding their arms and just scowling at me. Just, they were so mad at me. And you know, some of them, some of them were actually much, be- much better comics than I was. They just, it was just one of those audiences where I just, I just got the sweet spot at the end and it all worked out for me. So I was, <laughs> It was, it was, it was real bittersweet. I, I felt bad at the same time, feeling good for having a good set. Um, Let me, uh, I have, can I do one more quick ghost story? Cause it reminds yeah. your, your story about, uh, so I hosted a couple shows for, um, not she devil, but what was the uh, other one they ran devil cup or something? Yeah. Like that? Either devil fest or devil cup. Um, and this one lady, uh, had had a bit that she liked to open with about how everybody mispronounced her name. Yeah. And uh, I went up to her and I was like, I just want to. I was like, is this how you pronounce your name? Because I was like reading it off a piece of paper. And she's like, no, it's actually pronounced this way. Yeah. Right. But she gave me intentionally, I pronounced it correctly when I asked her. And she yeah, intentionally she, gave me the wrong name because to make she a bit had work. a bit. Yeah, yeah. exactly. Yeah. Just, oh. Now you made me look like an asshole for nothing. You could have just, <laughs> you could have just said people, you could have said, hey, this guy got my name right. People normally don't do that. And then it's fine. Or, or even just ask you, like, hey, but can you do it wrong? Because I've got a bit about it. Right. Yeah. <laughs> but 
she needed to be authentic apparently mm-hmm. oh man yeah i i i hate that when someone like sets you up with the intro like i had a I was, I was hosting at comedy works denver one night and there's this gay comic named uh named stacy and uh he's like introduced me as the first female comic of the night and i was like uh i don't know he's like, he's like no it'll be really funny it'll be really funny i promise you and I, I was like, I went there. I was like, okay, you guys ready for your first female comic of the night? Which didn't even make sense because there had been previous female comics. Uh, and then I brought him out there, and uh, and and he just proceeded to like the, the audience. Like when I said that, was like grown, just like what the hell is this guy doing? And then he went out there and shit on me for it. And I was just like, dude, you just set me up. <laughs> I'm hosting the show for you. What the fuck? <laughs> but yeah, his his opener. I forget what it was, but it was it was throwing me under the bus for saying that for saying the intro that he gave me. And I was like, great. Thanks, Stacy. <laughs> um, all right. Uh, we, we've hit an hour. Do you have anything you want to plug? Um, no. <laughs> yeah. I'll, I'll let you all know when I start asking to be booked on shows. Yeah, no. I'm, dude, when I get back to New York, I've got nothing booked so far, and I'm dreading. <laughs> uh, well, when are you coming back? I'm going to have the same. Pl- but uh, I'll be back the second week of June. Okay. So uh about a month from now but um uh in the meantime i'll be at the denver comedy lounge this weekend the uh i think the 15th uh 14th 15th and 16th nice Uh, and then i'll be i'll be at the uh two weeks later i'll be at the uh fort comedy the the comedy fort in fort collins the brand new comedy club there we're doing power hour and then i'm doing uh yeah i'm doing opening sets all weekend am i the am i the last or the current uh, New York Power Hour champion, or was there one more after mine? I I don't know if you're the last one. Uh, as far as current, the answer is yes. But there's a lot of current champions. Right. As, as long as as long as you won your last match, you're the, you're the yeah. current champion. Um, it's like it's like the old wrestling territories. I'm like the Northeastern champion. Yeah. Yeah. Absolutely. <laughs> you get it. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Uh, yeah. But. I think that's it. That's all I got to plug. <laughs> all right, man. Yeah. All right. Well, uh, John, thanks for being my guest this week. Thank you for having me. Thank you for letting me uh, do some talk therapy on a very chaotic hockey season. <laughs> I'm, I'm glad I helped you out. Yeah. All right. We'll see all you right. later, guys. See you all later. Work all day has got me sick, I'm tired of all the politics. Only one thing does the trick, time for broken shtick. Part hockey, part comedy, you get all of your kicks for free. There's only one place to be, here on Broken Shtick. The world is changing, don't you blink, outside and inside the rink. Go in for yourself a drink, it's even later than you think. Just played you a trick and you feel like a lunatic Grab a puck and a stick real quick It's time for broken shtick It's time for broken shtick It's time for broken shtick